And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. We have our district superintendent uh, with us uh, this morning, and um, it really is an honor uh, to have him and his wife, uh, Tommy Moore and Reese, with us. Um, they are such a blessing to uh, our district and the body of Christ. I remember um, the Sunday or the week that we sat down with Pastor. Uh, I guess five, six years ago and shared with him. We were here on staff and shared with him that we felt like the Lord was stirring our hearts to step out as lead pastors. And, and uh, Pastor Terrell was quick about getting us in to see uh, Brother Tommy and just share what was on our hearts. And, you know, it was just an opportunity for Andrew and I to connect with him on a level that we had not connected with him before and to see his heart and passion. And one of the things that we loved about his heart is that he wasn't looking to just put us somewhere, but he wanted us to find the place that God had for us. And uh, it's really cool to know that God, God took us 3,000 miles away and has brought us back. And now the place that God has for us is back at the church that we were at in the first place. And it's so amazing how God works. But um, it's going to be a great morning. I know it's going to be a huge blessing to all of you that are here. So uh, Brother Tommy, would you mind coming up and sharing with us this morning? Well, good morning, Evangel. How are you this morning? You're looking good. You got a little bit of that post-Christmas New Year. I ate too much feeling about you a little bit, but I think you're going to get out of that. Amen. <laughs> It's good to be back. Man, uh, we love Evangel, Reese and I do, and we are honored to be here today. A lot of things have happened since we were with you before uh, in our last service that we were with you. Uh, there's been a lot of change here at the church, a lot of transition, a lot of good things happening here, a lot of stuff happening in our life as well. The last Friday of October, I decided to have a heart attack. Uh, that's not a real good decision. I don't really remember making that decision, but anyway, I, I did, whether I decided to or not I did ended up in the hospital for four days in intensive care and got two stents in my heart and all that stuff that I had no idea I would ever experience although I should have known with the family history that we have but I just felt like that I was <clears throat> gonna miss all of that but one of the doc well three doctors looked at me and said you can't outrun your genes <laughs> and that <clears throat> proved to be true and one country boy that was my nurse in intensive care said well pastor Moore let me tell you you can't change your Levi's is the way I say it. If it's in your jeans, it's just there and your jeans are what they are. So uh, anyway, my uh, genetic heart condition caught up with me, but thank God they were able to help us and uh, with very minimal damage to our heart with what could have very well been a massive heart attack because of overnight, uh, uh, over two thirds of the LAD artery feeding my heart muscle was blocked 95 to 100 percent and I had no earthly idea. Uh, so they they had to put double stents in there and open me up, but uh, I'm here and the doctor said I'm doing great and I feel like I'm doing great and Reese says I'm doing pretty good. So we're uh, uh, hanging in there and excited about that. Six weeks after that, 
COVID positive. Wow, what another wonderful experience. Uh, my wife and I both together experienced COVID for two weeks, fever for nine days, and all the stuff that went with it. Thank God we're over all of that, and uh, I guess we're okay for a little while anyway, maybe, uh, but still trying to do our best to practice social distancing and everything that's happening in this world. And in the middle of all of that, we're remodeling our home while we live in it. Now, can you just imagine, do you not know that we were happy when midnight came at the end of 2020 on December 31st. We're like, close this door and let's go on to something better. Amen. What a year. What a ride. But thank God he has been so faithful as he continues to be in our lives personally. And I know he is in yours. And as he is in the life of this church as well, he is a faithful, faithful God. Amen. And we thank the Lord for that. So we're just thrilled to be with you today. I'm going to share a word from the Lord with you this morning uh, from the scripture. And then as we conclude the service today, we will do uh, the pastoral installation service at the end of the service today. So if you have your Bibles this morning and you'd like to open your phone or your tablet or whatever you have, uh, follow along with us at home as well. Greetings to those that are joining us by way of Facebook and other media today. We welcome you into this service as pastor has already he said. I'd like to go to the book of Ecclesiastes today, chapter three. It's a scripture that many of you know well, uh, and uh, you've heard it used uh, probably even outside of church. As a matter of fact, uh, President-elect Biden used a section of this scripture in one of his early speeches after the election. I heard him quote a passage of this scripture as well. It's one that you've probably heard in many other settings and used at different times, but it is a part of the wonderful, wonderful canon of scriptures that is the anointed and holy and uh, Holy Spirit inspired word of God this morning. Amen. And it deals with a subject that I want to talk about this morning, and that is the subject of seasons. I want us to talk about seasons this morning. On this very first Sunday of 2021, as we close one of the most interesting years in our lifetime and probably in our history as a nation, and we embark on the dawning of a new day in 2021, as well as here at Evangel Church. And I'd like for us to talk about that just a little bit this morning based out of the word of God. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse one, to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing that social distancing. See, it's in the Bible. <clears throat> Sometimes you just have to make this stuff work for you. Okay. <clears throat> a time to get and a time to lose a time to keep and a time to cast away a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. That pretty well sums up the mosaic pieces that make our life come together and be what it is 
Moses said in Psalms 90 in a prayer that he prayed that got recorded in the Psalms, he said, Lord, you've been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth or ever thou hast formed the earth from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Now notice as you look at Psalms 102 verse 25, you'll see of old hast thou laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall have no end. The children of thy servants shall continue, and their seed shall be established before thee. Father, I thank you for your word today, and I just ask for a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit today because... Unless you come, <laughs> unless you come, Lord, we're nothing today as we've already sung and worshiped to you today. We need you and we ask for clarity of thought and for the anointing of the Holy Spirit and may the word be applicable to the hearts of those that are here today and we'll give you praise for the results in Jesus name. Amen. To everything there is a time and a season. It's interesting though that I contrasted that with a couple of scriptures and we could have read many that said God never changes. To everything, there's a season and a time. Change is happening all around us. In every arena of our life, change is constantly happening. But yet God never changes. But it's interesting to me that everything that our unchanging God created is always changing. <clears throat> Everything that our unchanging God created is always changing. Amen. <laughs> How many of you are the creation of God? How many of you know that you're changing? <laughs> For some of you young folks, you don't even get it yet, okay? <laughs> I remember when we decided we'd been married as long as we had been uh, on this earth, uh, you know, equally, and that seems like that was 100 years ago now. So we're way past that point now. And we're like, okay, how many more years do we have? Do we, do we have as many as we've already had? Now we're doing that math. So it's different season, and we're constantly changing. I can't help but tell you that at 56 years old, I realize I can't do what I could at 46 years old and sure can't what I did at 36 or 26. Life is changing. And you know what I'm talking about. As I said, you younger folks just hang on for the ride. It's wonderful, uh, but it is a ride. Okay. And you'll get this a little better a little bit later on in life, but we're constantly in a state of change. Everything around us is our world is changing. I can't help but notice this morning that it was a little cool outside in Tallahassee, Florida. Amen. And uh, we don't get a lot of this weather, but this year we've had a pretty good bit of cold weather. If you came to, to church this morning with your air conditioner on in your car, you're probably an unusual person and have something broken in your personal thermostat uh, because it's heater weather right now, isn't it? Uh, now, if you come to church in July in Tallahassee with your heater on, you're also broken and need a healing from the Lord, and we hope that you get it in this house today because it would be the wrong season for that. It won't stay cool weather. It won't stay hot weather. It never does does. Everything is constantly changing. You see, seasons are God's idea. 
seasons are God's, is, is God's idea. I love the seasons. I love all four of our seasons, although we really don't have four real seasons here in West Florida. We kind of have to, again, make that work for us, but we do call this winter right now that we're in, and all the folks that are, come down to Florida from up north, they laugh at us when we call this winter, but this is our winter. We're in the dark, cold, cold part of our winter season here in Florida, and we're just trudging through this frigid weather that we're experiencing here. But I love all of the seasons. I love spring. I love summer. I love fall. It's probably my pick if I had a pick. I don't know why I really like fall. It's just the pretty colors and the, just something about fall that I always enjoy. But you know, I remember when Reese and I lived, we pastored the same church for almost 24 years. You know that. Those of you who've been here, you've heard our story. We pastored up well north of the little town of Bonifay, Florida, 14 miles from the nearest Piggly Wiggly, uh, out in the middle of the woods. And uh, we pastored a church called Carmel Assembly of God. Now, the interesting thing is that my dad and mom had pastored that church when I was a teenager. We didn't follow them there as pastors, but we did have history. And I had lived there when we left the church. I had lived there 30 years of my life. I had lived on those grounds. And there was an oak tree out in front of the, the old parsonage and later the new parsonage uh, in front of the church there. There was a big oak tree and it was a beautiful oak tree. And I called it my season tree. Because you could be assured that on the first day of spring, when the calendar said it's spring, that tree would have green buds on it and that fuzzy stuff hanging off of it and the pollen that's necessary for it to do what it does, it would be there and it would begin its spring-like process of fresh life coming back. You could also be assured that by the first day of summer on the calendar that there would be green leaves all over that tree and our children would be playing under it. We one time had a tire swing hanging in that tree for them and uh, you'd be out there and, and you could sit under that tree in the hot summer afternoon and drink some lemonade and enjoy the breeze and it was just just always doing what it was supposed to do. You could be assured that on the first day of fall, that tree's leaves would all be turning brown. And sooner or later, by the first day of winter, they would have all fallen to the ground and you'd had to rake them up and burn them in little piles like we used to do, roast marshmallows over them every once in a while. And that tree would be bare by the time winter came and it would stand there looking like it was lifeless for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then all of a sudden, guess what? The cycle would start over again and another season would come and green buds would begin to come out on that tree and here we would go again around that cycle. I watched it for probably 30 years. I watched that tree and it never missed a season. It was consistent. You know why? It was the creation of God and God created everything that is in this seasonal pattern. Did you know that we even learned when we were in Alaska a few years ago, that uh, even the ground in Alaska is still changing. Some of you would know this more than me. You're smarter than me. From where the uh, glaciers and the and the uh, icebergs had been in certain places and moving, that even the, the level of ground, that you could buy some ground and that, that later on you'd own more ground than what you actually bought because it's still expanding. Our universe is in expansion all the time. Those of you that study uh, astrology, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, astronomy, astronomy. Astronomy, uh, get the right one. <laughs> 
They're close, but they're not the same. But anyway, astronomy is the word I wanted. You know, the universe is constantly expanding. There's change happening all the time. We just saw the two stars that were so close together, the two planets, and made that beautiful star at Christmas time. But then now they're separated. Why? Because everything's moving. God made all this stuff, and it's just moving and changing. It's not a, st- a bunch of statues, and everything is not frozen in one place in time. It's constantly in a state of change. Everything that I unchangeable God created is in a constant state of change, including us. Seasons are God's idea. And we are in these seasons of life. And as we walk from season to season, as we move from place to place in our seasonal journey, let me give you just a few things today to think about when we move from season to season in our life. The first thing that I want you to understand is that seasons remind us of the faithfulness of our God. Amen. As I just said, I watched that tree for 30 years. (laughs) It never skipped a beat. You know, we didn't have to go out there to that tree and reset it. We didn't have to go change the settings in the tree, open up the control box and say, okay, become a spring tree now. Okay, you're a summer tree. No, it just automatically did it. Why? Because God was in control of that tree. Say, well, preacher, that's just really so simplistic. Well, I think you probably need to grab a hold of it this morning. As simplistic as it is, I've just come to tell you, you got to understand God is faithful. That tree never missed a season because God was in control. God doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't take vacation. He doesn't go away. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't lose reception on his cell phone. He doesn't have problems with his internet service to where you can't reach him. He is always there and he is a faithful God in every season. And you have to remember that whatever season you are in today, look back and remember how good God has been to you in previous seasons of your life. Let me tell you something. The 2020 had its challenges, but we're here. Amen. We're on this side of it and we're coming out. You can look back and find the good and find that God has been faithful in every situation in our life. Season to season to season. Reese and I, wonderful, wonderful life that God has blessed us with for 30 something years now together in ministry. You know, we started pastoring when we were 23 years old. Now there's a lot of wisdom flows from a pulpit when you got 23 year old pastors, let me tell you. And we did a lot of stupid stuff and a lot of dumb stuff and a lot of stuff that we really wish we could have undone later looking back on it. But we were just young and started. But man, at the seasons we've been through, season after season, some good ones that, oh, you just look back on and you just go, wow, that was some of the greatest days. And some dark ones as well. I'm telling you, we've walked through some valleys. We've went through some places that we didn't know if we would make it till the next day because the burdens were so heavy and the clouds were so dark over our head and the valley was so deep that we were walking through and the pain was so heavy, but God has been faithful church. You hear me every season that we've come through the faithfulness of God has been there, whether it was to praise him for his faithfulness in the good season or whether we had to cling to that faithfulness in the difficult season, God has always been there for us and he has for you as well. Amen. You see Psalms 36 and five said the mercy of the Lord is in the heavens and thy faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Psalms 89 and one, and I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. And with my mouth shall I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. First Corinthians one and nine, God is faithful by whom you're called under the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is faithful. Remember that. 
Let seasonal change in your life be a reminder of the faithfulness of God. The second thing that seasons remind us of is that God is always moving things forward. God is constantly advancing things. You know, that tree that I talked about, although it repeated similar seasons over and over, it constantly was expanding. When I first remember seeing that tree 30-something years ago, almost 40 now, oh my goodness, if I do the math, it might be 40 and I'd really feel old, so let me just say almost 40. That tree was about this big around. Today, I could hardly reach, I can't reach around that tree. It's so big. So all of this seasonal change that's been going on in that tree, every winter, every spring, every summer, every fall, that that tree has walked through has brought it to what it is today, a mighty oak, but it was expanding and growing all the time. It was moving forward. That tree never shrunk. It never went through its seasonal change and ended up less than what it was at the beginning. It was constantly growing and expanding. God is always wanting to move things forward in our life. And seasons are a part of that. And sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes we get stuck. I'm not a scientist, but I do know that I learned. As a matter of fact, I remember learning this in second grade. Don't laugh when I tell you that I went to Bratt Elementary School. <laughs> Some that knew me back then said it was fitting. That is actually a little town in the far northwest corner of Florida. If you don't know where it is, it just, if you go a little bit north, I mean, six miles north of there and you're in Atmore, Alabama. <clears throat> but it's the last church in our network that still is in Florida. And my dad pastored there and I attended Bratt Elementary School. Second grade, and we planted trees in front of that school, pine trees, that Hurricane Ivan took some of them down, but some of them are still there where our second grade class planted them on Arbor Day. And I remember the forester that was there, and he showed us a big ring out of a pine tree and how that every year had a ring. Some rings were bigger than others and some were thinner than others because of the difficulty that that tree had gone through during those years. If it was a good year, it would have a wider ring. If it was a year of drought and difficulty, the ring might be smaller, but it always had a ring. It was always moving from one ring to the other. Let me tell you, if you could slice your life today and look at it, you'd say, man, some of those years were really good. They were blessing bountiful years. Some were very, very lean years and difficult times and times of darkness that we've walked through, but we know that God is faithful. But hear me today. You can't get stuck in one season. You have to be willing to allow God to move you into the next seasons of your life. Some of us are coming out of some dark places in 2020, but God is ready to move us. If you believe it, say amen. He's ready to move us into a new season in 2021. It's going to be a better season. Amen. We have to remember that. 2016 was a very dark season for Reese and I. A segment of that year was. I won't go into the details here today, but I can tell you that on multiple fronts, we walked through some of the most difficult times we've ever walked through in our life. It was one of those times when you just didn't know if you could put one foot in front of the other, and if you did, you had no idea where it was going to land. I was in Ohio sitting in an office. And there was a screen there in that lobby where I was sitting waiting on someone to come out from an appointment. And there was a, a monitor screen there and it just had little sayings coming up on it one right after the other. And I was so stuck, Pastor, where I was. I was so stuck. I could not see a tomorrow. I couldn't see the next day. 
And all I could do is think about, man, what, what we've been through, what we've been through. This, you know, this is just tough. This is tough. And all of a sudden, this little saying popped up on that screen. You'll never write the next chapter of your life as long as you keep reading the last one over and over. I'm going to say it again. You'll never write the next chapter of your life as long as you keep reading the last one over and over and over. Where we pastored at Carmel, there was a cemetery behind the church, which, as you know, is common in country churches in West Florida. And I noticed how certain people, and I'm not criticizing them for this because everybody has to grieve however they need to grieve, but some people would put benches and seats and things at the grave sites and they would come back there and they'd sit there day after day and weep over their lost loved one. And I'm not making light of their grief by any means, but you know, there was times that I thought, you know, that, that lost loved one that I know is in heaven, walking on streets of gold, shouting with Jesus, so excited. And if they can see you out here just weeping and mourning and refusing to live, because they've died, I just think they'd want to look over from heaven and say, hey, get up and go home to your family. <laughs> I'm a visual person. I just kind of have to see it. Stop mourning for me. Don't you can't stay in this chapter. I'm in heaven. Come see me one day. But right now you must go on with your life. You must keep living I watched people, Reese and I did as pastors, we watched people who would go through a horrible divorce. They would go through a, maybe a collapse of their business. Maybe it was a sickness. Maybe it was the loss of a loved one. And they could never get out of that chapter. Like a hamster on a wheel, they stayed there over and over and over until literally it ate their lunch. It would destroy them as a person and cause them to never be able to experience what new things God had for them. But God is constantly moving us to new things and new experiences and he's moving us forward and you can't get stuck where you are whatever season you're walking through and I'm talking to somebody this morning whatever season you've been in and you may say I'm stuck here forever no you're not it is a season and God is wanting to move you out of that dark place and move you to a better place you just got to be willing to let him and you do have to I didn't hear the message but I know it was phenomenal you got to release that old baggage you got to let go of that stuff. You got to say, I am not living there. I'm not staying there any longer. Yes, grief is real. Yes, you should grieve through a whole process of loss and difficulty. I understand all of that. And I, I'm not, I'm not so naive as to say that you just forget things happened and move on. No, but you have to let God move you from one season to the next in your life, because that is just the way it is. You see, nobody wants to read a book if every, if the second chapter read just like the first chapter, what would you do with the book? If you picked it up and read it, the first chapter was pretty good, but you went to read it again. And it was the same thing in the second chapter and the third chapter by about the fourth chapter. You'd say, wait a minute, this isn't so, this isn't very good. We're just going back over the same thing over and over that happens in people's lives. And let me just tell you, because we're a church here today, it can happen in church too. If we're not careful, we'll get stuck in a chapter, we'll get stuck in a season, and we'll get to a place where sometimes we wonder, you know, was it better then? What's ahead? I don't know. Let me just tell you something. We got to be like Moses was with the children of Israel, and we just got to make this determination. We don't know what it's like on the other side, but we know we can't stay here. 
when God closes a season in our life and in our church, we have to be ready and willing to move into that next season if we're going to experience what God has for us. You see that tree I keep referring to, it never stopped at summer and said, no, I don't want to go to fall because my leaves are going to come off again. And then I know winter's coming and I'm going to be cold for a few days and I just don't want to go through that. I just don't want to let me stay right here, God. And just, I'm just going to no, 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 no. It just didn't happen because that tree was totally submitted to the will of God and said, yeah, we'll change. Yeah, I'm going to shed my leaves again because I know in shedding my leaves, I'm going to grow. And, and by next year at this time, I'm going to be a little bit bigger tree than what I was at this time. And you got to go through those processes. What I'm saying, sometimes they're painful. Sometimes they're, they're not easy. Sometimes they're uncomfortable, if not painful. They're uncomfortable to us because they move us out of our comfort zone. I've often said everybody likes change unless it affects them. <laughs> Amen. Another thing that I say is that everybody likes change everywhere but at church. <laughs> okay. I've kind of done a little church in my life, okay? So you may have a lot of experience in a lot of stuff, but I kind of been churching for a while. I kind of know a little bit about church and church folks and church things. And now we oversee 160 churches from the Swanee River back to the uh, to Pensacola uh, at the Florida state line and 400 Assemblies of God ministers that are in our network. So I, last nine years, we've had a baptism by fire in church knowledge. So I can tell you, I kind of know how church works. It's amazing. Folks will remodel their house. They'll trade cars, they'll change jobs, they certainly go buy new wardrobes and everything else, and they never think twice about that. But then something starts changing at church and everybody, ah, church is changing, oh, church can't change. Church has to change. Church, like everything else, has to go into its new seasons. We have to do that. You had a phenomenal pastor, great friend of mine. You had a phenomenal pastor before him, another great friend of mine. You just look, though, at how God, and, and, and you had another one before him who was a great friend of mine and a great mentor to me in ministry. I could talk for hours about Wiley T. Davis, and I could talk about Brother Bernard Brown. I could tell you about Brother Bernard Brown pastoring next door to my dad in South Florida. And when my dad couldn't afford to go to the Holy Land because he didn't have the money, he pastored a smaller church. Brother Brown pastored a bigger church right down the road. And Brother Brown had eight people going to the Holy Land. And if you had five, you got a free trip. And for everyone over that, you got spent money. But Brother Brown said to my dad, I'll give you the three that I have over and I won't take the spending money. So you can take the two from your church that's going and you can go to the Holy Land for free as a pastor. I remember that about that man. I remember Brother Davis. I remember what he meant to my life, the teaching, the training, I remember, I remember the friendship with Brother Chuck. Oh, wonderful. Great, great, great. But look at what God's done in this church, seasonally changing, moving from time to time. And now here we stand at a new one, a new season today. Guess what God's going to do in this new season? Just what he's done in every other new season. He's going to grow us. He's going to take us to deeper depths and higher heights. He's got a big plan. We're headed somewhere. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. Amen. I want to be involved in that because I'm excited about what God is doing as he, in his unchanging, immutable state, continues to change everything around us. Why? To improve us, to make us better, and to advance his kingdom on this earth. Amen. I like that. You can be assured that everything, and, I, and we could go through a long, long list of all the people in the scripture that God had to change. 
Abraham, you can't stay here. You got to go somewhere. <laughs> Moses, come on. You're going to go take these folks and you're going to take them somewhere. Ruth, you can't stay where you are. I want you to go. I want you to leave and I want you to cleave to your mother-in-law and go. And she ended up in the lineage of Jesus, but she wouldn't have done that if she'd have stayed in Moab. You see, I, and again, we could just talk about this forever. None of those fishermen would have ever been recorded in the scripture if they just said, no, I don't want to change my profession. No, I don't want to give up my boat. No, I don't want to make the change. I'm not going to do that. They would never, never be there. And and it just goes on and on and on. The Lord is always moving us from season to season and he's taking us deeper and further and into new things all the time. He is not backing us up. Amen. You can be assured of that. God is always, this is one of the things we have to remember in seasons is that God is moving us forward. Let me go to the final one here very quickly. The third thing you need to know about seasons is, is there is good in every season. Now, you need to pray this little prayer sometimes. Lord, help me find the good in this season. <laughs> Fever, body aches, COVID, all the symptoms laying there. One day, the next day the same, the next day the same, nine days of that. And I'm like, God, help me find the good in this season. I just don't see it. It's just not leaping up at me, Lord. <laughs> Other difficult times we've walked through. And you say, Lord, why? What's going on here? But there's something in it all that's good for us and good for his kingdom's sake. And you have to say, help me find the good in every season. Help me find the good. And I can assure you there is good. Even in the darkest winter days, my tree that I've used this morning as an example was standing in that yard. No leaves to be seen. No green buds anywhere. If you looked at it with a natural eye, you'd say, cut the thing down, it's dead. But what we didn't know was deep in the earth, its roots were getting deeper so it would, would survive a worse storm that might come its way. It's, it was taking on nutrients to prepare it for the time that it would bud out and that it would bloom and blossom again and become all that it could be. It was growing and strengthening during that time in things that we couldn't see. And you have to ask God, God, show me the good in this season. And every season doesn't come with a big flash in the pan of very obvious great things that are happening in that season. Sometimes the things that are happening in this season in our life are unseen and they're deep and they're things that only time will really tell us because I can tell you again the difficult places that we've walked through through the years and pastoring with people and walking through places with them deep dark valleys and at the time you just don't see it you just don't see it and you can pray Lord show me the good and you just can't even find it right then but later you look back and you go oh that's what you were doing God and sometimes he was just preparing you to be able to walk along someone, alongside someone when they went through a dark place and say, you know what, I can't explain your problem any more than I can explain mine, but I can tell you our God is faithful and he'll bring you through. And to you, that, may be, that may be all the good you ever find out of it now, but heaven will tell us one day. When we look back over it all, I've heard people say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. 
the minute those gates swing open and we walk into his presence hallelujah and we see that celestial city I don't think we'll even remember the question let alone ask it I don't think that I really don't think we'll have our long list but now we say that when I get to heaven I'm gonna ask God why did you let it go oh no 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 we're just gonna fall at his feet and worship him and say oh it's good to be home hallelujah that's what we as believers look forward to today amen talk about a seasonal change in the moment in the twinkling of an eye we could all be caught out of here at any second now hallelujah seasons 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 they're real they happen seasons are a god thing i want you to understand that this morning seasons are a god thing and god is working in every one of those seasons he is faithful Remember the faithfulness of God in every season of your life. Seasons come to remind us that God is wanting to move us forward. He is not happy with our complacency. He's not happy with us staying where we are. He wants us to go deeper. He wants us to go further. And he's doing that in our life if we'll let him. And just remember, there's good in every season this morning. If you're here today and you're going through a tough season, we're about to transition to the pastoral uh, installation service, but I just would be remiss if I didn't give you time today. If you're here and you're in a bad season, you're going through a tough time. You're in a place where you're glad to see 2021 come, but you need more change than just a calendar. You need to do more than just tear the page off of a calendar. You got stuff going on in your life that it doesn't matter if it's January 1st or August 30th, or it just doesn't matter. You're just in a mess. The date's not really affected. The new year didn't really change your world. Maybe you're in a place physically with sickness. Maybe it's in your marriage, your finances, your home, your mind. I don't know what you're walking through today, but I do know a faithful God. I do know a faithful God that loves you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loved you more than life itself whenever he gave his own life on the cross for you. Wow. And he cares about where you're walking this morning. Can I just speak to you from my heart what I feel the Holy Spirit saying right now? Somebody feels like nobody cares for them in this room this morning. You got that feeling. You're feeling like I'm out here in this all by myself. Nobody gets it. Nobody cares. Nobody understands what I'm walking through. I've come to tell you today in the name of Jesus, there is a God in heaven who understands where you're walking. He sees you in your current season. And don't you dare let the devil or anybody else tell you any different this morning. God sees you where you are you're joining us online I'm telling you you may be at home you may be struggling sickness difficulty going on in your world and the enemy would say you're all alone and there's nobody here but you the devil is a liar today the presence of God will fill your room right now in the powerful name of Jesus and you'll sense and know that God is with you you are not alone he is a faithful God in every season faithful God somebody needs to get a hold of that this morning and somebody needs to make a proclamation right now and say I am tired 
of rereading that old chapter over and over and over. Yes, I was hurt. Yes, it was painful. Yes, I feel lost. Yes, I am scarred. Yes, yes, yes to all of that. Yes, there's a big hole, but I will begin on the first Sunday of 2021 to begin to live again. I refuse to stay in that season of death. There will be new buds and blossoms begin to come out in my life physically. I will live again. I will go past my loss. I will go past my hurt. I will go past the pain. I will forgive whoever I need to forgive. I will release whatever I need to release. And I will not keep reading that last chapter over and over. I'm ready for God to write the next one in Jesus name. Maybe you're here today and you'd say, I don't know Jesus is my savior. Well, you're what this is all about. <laughs> we might not have gotten right straight to you this morning, but you're really why we're here. Because what we want you to do is experience the same relationship with Jesus that we've all experienced. You see, we were all sinners before we got saved. None of us are perfect people. We're just people that decided one day to fall down at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, if you'll have me, here I am and he'll have you. He'll take you just as you are. Don't try to clean yourself up and then come to Jesus. It doesn't work that way. You go ahead and give yourself to Jesus just like you are and he'll help you fix what's wrong in your life today. Would you bow your heads with me across this congregation this morning? I just feel a sweet presence of the Lord. I know I'm lingering a little bit here, but there's a real sweet presence of the Lord here. Somebody needs something this morning from God. They don't need to leave here like they came in Jesus' name. So if you're here this morning and you'd say, I'm not going to single it out, but if you'd say you need Jesus as your Savior today, or you'd say I need to get out of a chapter that I'm stuck in, or maybe you, you, you know, Wherever you're walking, maybe you just say I'm in a dark, dark season today and I, I'm, I can't really find the good in it, Pastor. I just need help to get through what I'm going through today. I'm going to ask you to just, nobody's looking around. Everybody's just kind of in a sweet moment of prayer here. But I'm going to ask you as a proclamation this morning to just stand up where you are right there. If that's any of that's you, just stand up and say, today's my day. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> Jesus loves you. You are not alone. You are not alone. That's right. Go ahead. They're standing many across the building already. It's me. I need to close the chapter. I need to move on. I need help where I am. Or if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want you to just pray a simple prayer with me this morning and just simply say this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I confess my sins. I want to live for you. I need help with my life. I can't go on like I am. Change me today, Jesus. I accept your forgiveness. I proclaim you as Savior. From this day forward, I will live for you. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus name now, if you prayed that prayer I want you to go online and let somebody know that you did or connect with one of the pastors before you leave here today so they can do follow-up with you because that's just the beginning just the beginning you confess your sins he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins you believe on him as your Savior and then you begin a journey with him so that's just the beginning I want you to follow up with that but I pray right now Lord over those that are standing across this building today or who did stand earlier, Lord, I just ask you to minister to them right now. Lord, you see where they're walking, the dark place, the difficult valley they're in. The, maybe for those that are stuck, they're just stuck in the mud and they can't get out. 
Oh, hallelujah. I sense your presence here today, Lord. I sense something far beyond what me or Pastor Ryan or anyone else can do for these folks, Lord. You can do it right now. A supernatural work in the name of Jesus. Those online who are joining us this morning, supernaturally visit them right now in their home, in their hospital room, wherever they are today, in a hotel room, wherever they may be joining us, visit them right now in Jesus' name. Let them feel your presence and know that you're with them in this season and you're bringing them out and there's good in this season and we praise you for it today in Jesus name amen 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 hallelujah God is good I'm gonna pray over this church's new season here in just a moment I'm gonna ask the pastors if they would please come and join me this morning we are so Reese and I are so honored to be a part of this installation service today and it will not be lengthy but we want you to participate in it today with us as well we appreciate God's blessings on his church one of the ways that he blesses his church, the scripture says in Ephesians 4:11, and he gave, the Lord gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints is what the King James says. <laughs> that really worried me because as a young pastor, I thought it really meant perfect the saints. And I thought my job was to have a church full of perfect people. And if by chance I failed at that, than I had failed as a pastor. It took a few years for me to realize that even those folks' pastor wasn't perfect. <laughs> How could they all be perfect? The word there is better translated into our modern English language as equipping saints. <clears throat> Perfection is something that we all work toward but very seldom achieve. <laughs> but the objective here is that God has given us a leader to equip us to do what he has called us to do for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Today, I'm going to have a small memento that I'm gonna to give to pastor this morning. A couple of you saw me walking across the parking lot with it and thought it was the after effect, effects of my heart attack and COVID, but thank God, no, I'm not actually needing a walking stick this big to get around, I'm still able to function. But today I would like to present Pastor Ryan with this symbolic staff today because the office of pastor is much of that of a shepherd. And I'm going to give him just a few simple charges here this morning. The first one is my first charge to you pastors to feed the sheep of this church. What do we mean by that? Well, you're the spiritual overseer. You're the oracle of God to this body. And in the world that we live in today, there's never been a day where we need strong, solid, biblical teaching and preaching like we need it today. So we as believers know what we believe when we encounter the onslaught that we encounter in this world that challenges everything that we believe. So today I encourage you to be what Jeremiah the prophet said in Jeremiah 3.15, and I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah also said, Jeremiah 23 and 4, and I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. And of course, you know, Jesus and Simon Peter had quite a, dis, uh, uh, quite a discourse back and forth in the conversation. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you, Lord. Yeah, look, do you really love me? Do you really love me? Do you really? Back and forth. And finally, Jesus said, well, if you really love me, then you feed my sheep. 
So Peter didn't forget that because he mentioned it later in his own writing of his epistle that that was what we were certainly challenged to do. The second thing that I would like to charge you to do today is care for the sheep. As a shepherd, that's a huge responsibility. But I'm going to talk about it maybe a little differently than what I experienced being raised in an AG pastor's home uh, in what I would call the old school ministry model, which for its day worked well and my parents did the best they knew to do, but looking back over it, I don't know that it was a biblical model. The biblical model for shepherding care that I find is the first sheep that you've got to shepherd is you. You have to take care of yourself. You have to feed yourself spiritually. You have to make sure that you stay spiritually strong. That means you've got to have Sabbaths in your life, which usually Sundays are not. <laughs> You have to find time to be away where you can hear from God and, and just for your personal health and your personal spiritual well-being. The second sheep that you're to shepherd is that godly lady standing to your left that God has given you. While you two work together as co-pastors and uh, ministry together, but you're also husband and wife. And the biblical example is that God made man to walk with him in the cool of the day in the garden. That was God's first thing in relationships, was his personal relationship with a man. So God's priorities always stay the same. The second thing he did, and by the way, ladies, you know, the only thing God ever looked at and said, that's not good, the only thing God ever looked at that he had created and said, that's not good, was a lonely man. He said, that is not good for him to be alone. He needs some help. And uh, so he gave us a helpmate. The next relationship that God sanctioned was the relationship of husband and wife. And then later, the children that came into that home. I'm going to ask your children to join us today if they would. I was raised in a pastor's home and I know what it means. Jeremiah and Jordan and Journey. <laughs> I've been there. I know the feeling. The thing is, we moved a lot more often back then, though, than you guys are having to move. So at least you, you, I'm, I know you just moved, so you feel like it's probably more than you ever want to do again. So hopefully you'll never have to move again as a PK. I hope not, okay? I hope you're, hope you're done with that. But uh, <clears throat> there's a great responsibility to being a parent. And being a pastor doesn't negate that. Church, hear me today. I'm showing you your pastor's first three caring ministry priorities in his life today. His own personal spiritual health and physical health and emotional health, his relationship with his spouse and their relationship with these children. Now let me tell you something. The scripture talks about gaining the whole world and losing your soul and how horrible that would be. But the, next, the other tragedy that I like to talk about is you can grow a great church and lose your family and you still haven't won. These are God's priorities in their life. As a church, I challenge you to make sure they always remember that. <laughs> and that you remember that as a church. That you honor that. Pastor's kids are not perfect kids. PK doesn't mean perfect kid. <laughs> Thank God I was one. And I won't talk about any others that were either. But anyway, some of us know what that's like. We raised two children in, literally in the church parsonage in those days. We literally did. We know what that's like. The expectations are high sometimes. And you do have to share your parents sometimes. Yeah, we get that. There will be emergencies. There will be situations where plans have to change. But always let that be the exception and not the rule. Your family is a major gift from God. And it's an awesome, 
awesome, awesome treasure that you have to guard. So after you've taken care of yourself and after you've taken care of your spouse and after you've taken care of your children, then look out here, man. You got all these folks to take care of now, okay? Because guess what? They're going to walk through dark places. They're going to have seasons of difficulty. They'll need someone to walk with them. They're going to need a shepherd to help them know where to go and what to do. They're also going to need someone to celebrate with them from time to time. It's not always, you know, we, go, we do go to places besides funeral homes, nursing homes, and hospitals, amen? Sometimes we celebrate great things with people, milestones in their life. Pastoring is a wonderful opportunity to be engaged in the lives of people at a very deep level. So pastor, I want you to care for these folks. Lead them down the right road and let them know what it means to have a shepherd to oversee them. It helps them to better understand the Lord's love for them through you guys as you love this church family, as I know you will. And the last thing that I want to challenge you to do today is lead these sheep. I want you to feed them. I want you to care for them. I want you to lead them. I want you to take Evangel Church Tallahassee to where God wants it to go, Pastor. And that's a huge request today because God's got big plans for this church. I believe that with all my heart. There's a city around us right here that needs Jesus so desperately. We've got three major schools here in this town. We've got two major universities and a great community college here. Every student on those campuses need Jesus. Amen. We've got, this is the, the hub of the government for the state of Florida. This city needs Jesus like never, ever before. What a place for revival to break out that could go worldwide right here in Tallahassee, Florida. Amen. And I just believe God wants Evangel Church to be right at the lead of what he wants to do across this city. Amen. I just believe that with all my heart. I couldn't help but notice in your office this morning, there was a map of this city and a scripture under there that stated just exactly how you feel that if we'll pray, God's going to heal our land. And I know pastor has a vision Together, they have a vision to see this church go forward and to see people one to Jesus and the kingdom of God advance. You're a strong missional church. They're strong missional pastors. You're going to keep your mission focus in Tallahassee and around the world. I believe that with all my heart. And God's going to do some great things in this new season. And our new pastors are going to lead us into that today. I'm going to ask you if you would please to stand today. Normally we would bring a few folks up on stage, but well, normally is a word we don't use anymore except to refer to what we used to do, amen? Uh, so we're gonna do it a little abnormally from our normal celebration. We normally ask the leadership of the church to come and join us, but we're just gonna ask all of you as a church now, stretch your hand this way toward your pastors today, if you would please, and their family. Let's pray over them today as we install them as your new pastors, although they've already got a couple of months under their belt, let's pray over them right now in the name of Jesus. Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, we come to you today. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful family. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Ryan and Andrea. Lord, we thank you for their life. Lord, we thank you for their children. For, for Lord, we just praise you for Jeremiah and for Jordan and Journey today, Lord. And we ask you to put a hedge of protection around this family, God. Bless them, minister to them, prosper them in everything that you do. And Lord, I pray that you would just touch their lives today. Lord, everything that they do in this church, may they have favor with it, God. 
God. Lord, I pray over this congregation, the leaders and every member of the covenants with this church today, Lord. I pray that you would help them to be committed to the vision, to move forward, to do what God has called us to do in this city and around the world. We bless you today and we praise you. We give you all the honor and we thank you today, God, because of who you are and what you are. We pray a Holy Spirit anointing on this family, a Holy Spirit anointing on this church that we could go forth and be a shining light into this community. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor today. We commit ourselves to it today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Remain standing just one moment. Go ahead and give the Lord praise. Amen. Real quickly today, let me tell you as a congregation what I want to charge you to do, to do today. How can you help your church? How can you help your church move into the next season? How can you help your pastors lead you there? Pray for him and his family every day. Encourage and honor them in every way that you possibly can. Respect him as the oracle of God to this church. Respond to his ministry. A little amen all along goes a long way. Pastor, that word was applicable to my life because, you know, sometimes you get home and you go, I don't think anybody got anything out of that. Maybe I didn't do good. Maybe I did. But just then you get that text. Or, Pastor, I needed that today. That spoke to me. Don't, don't always hold it. Say, well, he'll get inflated. He'll get the big head. Somebody will pop the bubble. Don't worry. You just go ahead. Not anybody from the church. It'll happen now. But anyway, don't be afraid to honor them. Respond to their ministry. Be considerate of his time. We've already talked about that. He's human. Amen. Think before you speak. People used to come by me sometimes and just make a little comment and walk on. And I'm like, what in the world does that mean? Is there something wrong? Have I done something wrong? Just kind of think about that. It goes a long ways. <laughs> Have realistic expectations of him and his family. They're just a family just like you trying to get to heaven that loves Jesus. Just have realistic expectations of them. Then let your life grow like that oak tree in this new season. Let them see that growth. That when they look back a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, Jesus tarries is coming. They'll say, man, I remember when we came to the church, that person was not as involved. They weren't doing that. Now they're doing this. Let them see that growth. Grow up in God. Let them see that you're progressing. Be faithful in the things of God. Be faithful. I know right now church attendance is difficult <clears throat> for some, and we understand that. We respect that. But be faithful online. Be faithful with your tithe. Be faithful with your giving. Because this church is more than just a thing they do. It's their life. And when it doesn't do well, they don't do well. So you stay faithful to every aspect of your life. And partner with them in their vision. The vision will take you into new seasons. Vision will require change, as it always does. But just partner with them in it. Let's see where God wants to take us. Because we can't stay here. We've got to go forward. It's a new season. We can't go backward. We have to go forward. And we want to do what God wants us to do. Evangel, you're an awesome church today. We are honored to serve uh, this network of churches and ministers and the fact that you're in it. Uh, we cherish that. We honor that. We love you. We are excited about your future. We're excited about having uh, your pastors back home in West Florida, and we're believing for great things. Let's give Jesus a great hand today. He is awesome, and we give him praise in this season. Amen. How you're Well, we are so excited to be here and listen, our commitment to you as your pastors is to do our very best 
to hear from God and to say yes, no matter what that means, no matter what it looks like, but to be obedient to what the Lord says for us as a church, for us in our own lives, and as we lead you. Uh, God has put a supernatural love in our heart for you and for this city, and we know that God has amazing things, but it's not about us. It's about we. It's about us coming together as a congregation and saying yes to Jesus and letting him blow our minds with all that he wants to do through us. Amen. I want to invite our prayer team. They kind of make their way forward. If, if, um, as brother Tommy had mentioned, if you're walking through a season, I love how he put it, that the calendar is not going to fix it. Moving from 2020 to 2021 is not going to fix it. If you just, if you want somebody to agree with you in prayer, uh, these guys, they look forward to this moment every week to be able to partner with you and to pray with you. And so they'll be available after the service today. I want to also mention that um, uh, if you want to give today, if you're online, uh, you can give online. There'll be some links there for you to do that. Um, there's also uh, black boxes on the walls on the way out that you can put your uh, your offerings into. Um, don't miss this week. Don't miss our prayer and fasting week. Don't miss our night of worship at 630 on Wednesday night. And don't miss next Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Buckle up. We're excited. Get here next week. We got free gifts for everybody that's going to be here. And uh, let's move forward into all God has for us. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you, Lord, for an amazing day. Father, we thank you for your fingerprint upon our lives. That, Father, as we look back over the history of this amazing church and, and we get the opportunity in this season to stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before us, that today we had the honor and the privilege of sitting in the seats that somebody else paid for. That, Father, as we look back, that we are the, the, the benefactors of, of other people that have, have sowed into our kids' ministry and our youth ministry and, and groups and, and, and those that have, have given to be able to pay for for heaters and ACs and a roof over our head and a, and a debt-free building so that we could do ministry, Lord, that we are the beneficiaries of that. But Lord, it's our time. Lord, this is the season that you've called us to, that we are all here for this specific time at this specific place because, God, you see something within us that we don't see within ourselves. And that, Father, if we will come together, that you will work through us in such a mighty way that we will see an awakening in our community, in our church, in our state, and in our nation and world. And so, Father, we say, as Isaiah said, we just say yes. We say, here I am use me. Lord, work through us in the way that you want to work through us. We're going to say yes no matter what it is. Lord, I pray that your hand will be upon your people this week, that you would protect them and keep them safe. I pray, God, that you would move in their lives. Lord, I pray for them that if they've got lost loved ones that don't know you, Lord, we come into agreement right now as a church congregation, God, that 2021 will be their year that, Father, they would come to know you as Lord and Savior that we would see 2021 in these families as a year of restoration, Lord, that the things that they thought were dead, that, Father, you would bring back to life. And so, Father, we are thankful and believing for great things. And, Father, we say yes in aligning our personal vision for our own lives with the vision that you have for this house. Lord, be with us, protect us this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
and amen. Why don't you turn around somebody, say, hey, tell me, love them, give them an air high five, and we'll see you next Sunday. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.